Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. Karen, we're starting off with show notes today. It's a new thing we're trying to get into, what we frequently forget. <laughs> um, so starting off by letting people know about our evening with medium events that happen at the Hampton Inn three times a year. On uh, April 27th, this is 2018 already, uh, August 24th and December 14th, these tickets are already on sale. Those will be the events that we'll be um, hosting for the new year. And we're talking about 2018 because our lovely clients have already sold us out for 2017. And Kelly, they're already selling the tickets for 2018. Yeah. I'm already seeing them come through PayPal already. Mm Mm-hmm. It's uh, rather exciting. So if you can, head over to the website, buysarlo.com, and you can pick up your tickets for next next year's events. Can I add, too, to the show notes that we have gift certificates? And we actually have brand new beautiful ones coming out, and that you can buy them in any denomination that you want. So you don't have to buy what a session costs. You can actually buy any amount you want, and the person can use it towards their session. Yes, but not toward the evening with mediums. That's correct. Okay, perfect. Now, um, we also like to tell people that we do have a second podcast show. It's our mini series called Sips of Sanity, and that's actually only available on the website. So we have not made that public through iTunes, Mm -hmm. just through our personal website. And that's um, around 10 to 15 minutes, five days at the very beginning of each month. So we do a Monday to Friday and we do a theme. So you can follow that if you want to join us on your breaks, on your commute to work, uh, something that works or fits into your your busy schedule. And the last thing that we like to mention is that we both do personal sessions. So we do them individually. You have your own practice and I have mine. Uh, People can book individually or they can book group sessions as well. Although if you are looking for a group session, we do encourage you to reach us directly so that we can address um, some different issues that come up with group sessions. Mm -hmm. And then I also wanted to let people know we are doing a price change for our individual sessions next year. And uh, that amount is going up. Just unfortunately, that's kind of the way things go as as the years go on. However, right now, just to, to value our clients, we've decided to make sure that if you are booking a personal session for 2018 and you book it before January 1st, we will ensure that you get the current rate of 2017. That's just our way of saying thank you. Okay, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to jump right into Coffee with the Sarlos today. Mm-hmm. So I got organized ahead of time, Kelly, and I've written down different sessions. And I'm hoping that you're going to jump in and offer your own experiences in client treatments, whether they were by telephone, Skype, FaceTime, or in person with people. And the topic that I picked that I thought people might really enjoy listening to had to do with partnerships. In specific, where we are living with somebody, I'm just picking that one, where you're either married or I'll say significant partners, could be parent-child, could be best friends, but where the relationship is, is that close and over a period of years. And the stories came from the clients themselves, from the spirit guides commenting on their relationships, and from people who had died. So medium. Who were the other half of these significant relationships? Yes. Okay. And oh my God, that that was such a beautiful part of it. But also, as people are going to hear in these stories, how sometimes the spirit world was coming through to describe their personality to them in relation to how they treated other people 
or how they were being treated. Oh, neat. Oh, yes. So I've got several of them written down. I hope we're going to be able to get through all of them today. Okay. So the first client story starts with a woman who booked an appointment to come in and check in with her spirit, which I like right there. I just thought that was totally lovely. The personal responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just fantastic. And um, when she came in and sat down, she said, Karen, I want what they call an open session. She says, but truth be told, I don't know what it means because it's my first appointment with you. But I was told just to come in and sit down and tell you open and that I'm just here to listen. And I said, well, do you understand that that means that your spirit is going to speak to you and that it may tell you things that are difficult for you to hear? Are you prepared for that? Or do you think that your spirit is going to tell you all the things you're doing right and just give you a good pat? And she goes, well, maybe a little of both. And I said, well, it could be a little bit of both, but you have to be prepared (laughs) because it can be harsh sometimes to hear from our own spirit that, you know, maybe some of the things that we think we're getting away with or we're doing are going to be called into question. We might be thinking that we're getting away with something. And sure enough, that's what happened in her case. So her spirit guides said to her that she had a belief system going conveniently for her that she believed that the more that she tried to control her spouse, the more she controlled her children, the more she controlled her friends, what they thought, their behaviors, in all of the different ways that she was learning to manipulate, or to withhold, or to do all kinds of different things, that that meant that she was a better mother, it meant that she was a better wife, it meant that she was a better friend, because it meant that she cared more. I think this is really neat because I think there are so many different uh, cultures and I'll say that because I don't want to pick on one in particular that really do feed that belief, especially when it becomes to mothering. We believe that we have to have the answers. We have to be a fixer. We can't, we can't fathom that the people that we love might have the answers themselves or might be able to seek it out from someone else. We have to be the ones to provide it. And I think that's the control that you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. And then we just equate it with the more answers I have for you, the more it means I love you. That's right. And that that's a very confusing thing because once you accept it as a truth, I then love- how do you ever detangle the belief system? I love that you said it's a confusing thought, Kelly, because my purpose in bringing this up today wasn't to be bashing. It wasn't to be criticizing of clients or client stories. It wasn't to say this is a mean woman or a mean female or a mean mother or wife. She was truly, genuinely confused. Well, yeah, because the older your kids grow, just as an example, the more you, I mean, you continue to think that you have to have the answers and do for them and solve for them. And part of your brain thinks, how come you can't do this on your own? You're older because we think about age and, and more ability with age. And yet we also can't afford for them to do it on their own because then we lose our own identity and our own role. And so you can't release the control, but you're so angry that you have to continue doing everything for them. Or you think you can be so angry or in her case, she shoves the anger down, down, down yeah. so that she's not even able to identify that she feels it. Yes. 
So her spirit came through to talk to her about shoving it all down, where she was putting it in her body. And for her, it was in her shoulder. And so I said to her, so is it accurate then that the left shoulder in the back part by your shoulder blade is a point of injury and pain for you, even though there's no, there's no cause or there's no real injury. There's no MRI scan. There's no medical test that can prove you have an injury there. So when you go to a doctor and a physio, they're telling you there's really nothing they can do for you. But you know you have pain that's real for you. And she said, that is exactly right. And it was one of the reasons I booked this appointment. I was hoping as a medical intuitive, you tell me what's going on with my shoulder. And I said, everything that's blocked in that shoulder is where you're holding everything. So would it also be accurate to say that you you are tense? Could it be accurate to say you actually pull your left shoulder up? And she goes, well, I am now. (laughs) So I said, is it okay for us to sit here as you get your small moments of awareness together? And this was beautiful. And not try and judge you. I'm not judging you. Your spirit's not judging you, but you're going to get in and judge yourself right now. And that's part of what comes with this whole belief system where you were taught at some point in your life that doing things or saying to your husband, you're only allowed to have one beer. You're not supposed to eat steak. You know what the doctor said about this? You're supposed to watch your sugar. When she takes all of those different beliefs in in her life, where she says those things to her husband, or when she's engaged with her kids, put this coat on, you should wear your hair doesn't look nice like that. Uh, Let me pick this up for you. Stop biting your nails. That when she takes all of those different moments in her life, and is able to sit down at the end of the day, does she truly feel good about herself? And she goes, No, I don't. I don't want to say those things to my husband or my kids. But I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do to be a good person in their lives. And so the spirit guides came in and said, can you sit down and make your own choices now? Can you choose what it is that you want to believe about that? Do you think your husband enjoys it when you say those things to him? And she goes, well, no. But the fact of the matter is, if I don't tell him, he will eat that and drink the beer. Fantastic. And I said, yeah, I said, but he's an adult. And she goes, well, yeah, but what man, you know, can take care of himself? And I said, that is a rude, mean, uninformed statement. There are many men who can. An actual man takes care of himself. That's right. But she's putting all men in that group. She's putting all friends in a group. And yet she perpetuates this boy to continue being a boy and she's trying to do the same thing with the children and the friends so it's it's I said to her where would you like to go with this and she said I'm so frustrated with you I I I bet and I said you're frustrated with me as Karen or you're frustrated with your spirit talking to you or you're frustrated with your own behaviors and her first comment was I, I, I don't like you. <laughs> I guess so. And I said, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I love the way that you put it back and asked her what it was she was frustrated with. Because mm-hmm. I think too many of us as partners don't don't call them out on that. 
-hmm. We allow them to say, I'm angry, but we don't ask them to do the work to figure out what made them angry. Mm -hmm. We allow them to be frustrated or annoyed, but we don't let them or we don't ask them again to do the work to get to the bottom of it, Mm -hmm. to figure out if it's actually our behaviors or theirs. She wanted to get to the bottom of it with her husband because there was no more sex. She wanted to get to the bottom of it because all of a sudden, and the guides told her that. They said, well, as much as you're angry at Karen and us, you're also angry at your husband and yourself because there's the sex has changed. And I'll say changed because currently there's none, but it's gone through other changes as well, mm-hmm. where it became more robotic, where it became more being disengaged from each other emotionally or where it was in fits and spurts or it needed alcohol. Mm-hmm. It or it needed pressure from other couples saying they were having sex for them to think we should be too. So she and I thought that was really neat that they were bringing that to her attention and that she was allowing that conversation in that room. Her husband came through during that session too to say part of his contract, sole contract with her, was actually to be able to do his own growing up but that he had not lived that contract through. That he knew better. That he was angry with her, but that he was playing the game. And because he had so far engaged in the game, and so much so, that he was now starting to look towards other women for the intimacy. Not that he had had the affair, but that he was thinking. That he was looking for attention from other women. That he was just looking to see if he could be attracted to somebody again. He couldn't figure it out because he had lost the attraction to her. And so the spirit world was saying to her, you've lost your attraction to each other because, and the way they worded it was, you're wearing mom panties instead of sexy girl panties. You're playing the role of being his mother and then thinking you can take those panties off and put sexy girl panties on. And he's looking at you going, yeah, no. Once you put mom panties on, I'm not interested. I think it's neat too, because I mean, even though it can make anyone's pit of their stomach feel uneasy when you hear that they're looking outside to see if they could be attracted. Yeah. I think that's neat because some of us have been so picked on from the same sex of the parent that we're now engaged in a relationship that once we get picked on by the significant other, we start to generalize as a gender and think, I'm not attracted to any man. I'm not attracted to any woman because I don't want to be treated like that. Kelly, that's so spot on. And and we really, we don't feel physically attracted no matter how beautiful they are, no matter how symmetrical or striking they are. There's just a, a almost like a deadening well, then, in its protection. And then, of course, I think, it makes sense then that you want to try over again with a brand new stranger that doesn't have any similarities yet to your mother or father. Well, you don't know how they're going to trigger you yet. That's right. So let's just keep going to a new one so that I don't have to sit here and deal with any of it. So this session about boiling right back down to this first issue of how she saw roles and what she thought love was. So the spirit world came back and said, can we ask her to sit quietly by herself then, if she doesn't like this part of the session, and ask herself how she would like to be a partner? How she would like to be a mom? And 
could that look differently than the mom who has to dictate, tell, control, demand, bug, go back. And I want to say something. I've purposely not said the word nag. I purposely avoided it. Because nag means repetition. But I want to say it with respect and in a better way. Where she felt that repetition actually showed that in her way, she was thinking, I'm showing that I'm, I'm an extra good mother. I'm, I'm a wonderful wife. Well, I'm on top of. Versus the word nagging, meaning that you're destroying things. And I thought that was really important the way they worded that to her. And she just sat there and went, okay, okay, I'm getting this now. Now I'm enjoying it. She went from hating it and wanting to walk out and end the session to finding so much value in it. And I think that too was a really wonderful thing because she was just sitting there going, and you're not judging me. You don't think I'm being a bitch. You don't think I'm an egg. And I went, no. Yeah, I've I said that before. I don't think people understand the no judgment because they themselves can't do it yet. That part came through in her session, Kelly. And I said, no, I said, I'm not judging it. I said simply because I think it's an opportunity to be curious. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to see something from a different perspective that might give it a healthier perspective so that you end up being a healthier human being in a healthier relationship with someone else and yourself. So I said, I see it in such a way that these are all opportunities that your spirit is giving you to question what love is instead of thinking love means that if I just tell them how to do it or, you know, the healthier thing is to not have any more beer, that I'm showing him I love him. He should want to have sex with me when we get home tonight. And he's thinking, nag. She's thinking whoosh, or no, not whoosh. That wasn't a good one. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Remind me never to pick you to be a game show contestant (laughs) partner. That's so fair. Although it's not because I'm telepathic and I could really rock those shows. Okay. (laughs) However. Unless you're the one giving the clues. Have you played Pictionary with me? I'm really good. Except for when you have to draw. That's true. I'm only good half the time yeah. when okay. I have to guess. <laughs> okay. Back to the back to our contestant. Our contestant. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> to our client. I really enjoyed her session because it went from where she felt criticized and put down by her spirit guides or me to these are tools, these are opportunities. This is a play area. This is curiosity. And what would you like to do with it? And she kind of sat there and I saw where she flipped her switch. And I thought that was neat because sometimes Kelly, back at home, when she leaves at the end of her hour, when she goes back home and she wants to change any of those pieces or any of the ways that she's been behaving, how is that going to play out? What's that husband going to notice? What are those her children going to notice now? When she isn't making those comments anymore, when she's sitting back and going, I am not putting on mom panties anymore. I am not doing this. Commando. Yeah, I, I want my partner to see me as a partner and not as a parent. I thought that was really neat because how will she how will that play out over a period even of a weekend? 
Never mind a whole life as she continues to change that. So now if he's out and drinking or eating the steak and the doctor says your cholesterol has gone up, he's the one that has to say, yeah, if he's the one that's having the heart attack, it's him in the hospital having the heart attack. It's him that's got to go to physiotherapy, not her. So when you said earlier at the very beginning this about personal responsibility, I thought that was one of the key messages that she was starting to understand in that session. Is that she's overstepping and taking responsibility for too many people. Yeah. You cannot for anyone other than yourself. That's right. And that was her contract with each of them was to come to realize that. And that they were there. Her kids were there trying to say, back it up, mom. Back it up. And her partner was trying to tell her the same thing. She didn't want to hear it. So instead of leaving the marriage, he just felt cornered in it. Because he had a belief system that you just don't leave it no matter how bad it is. That's a whole other issue that isn't healthy either. Unless he's willing to come forward into counseling or into somewhere area where they both get to work on their belief systems and turn them into healthier ones. I just really liked her because she was willing to sit through it. There was a lot of anger and discomfort and feeling attacked. And I would say she was quite honest in that she felt that I personally was attacking her. Yeah, and I think that's something that people, again, cannot wrap their head around, that it's not a personal judgment as messages are being channeled. Mm-hmm. And that even though we're channeling the messages, yes, we hear them as a human sitting in the room, but we hear where the conditioning comes from. Yeah, We're not looking face value what your behavior is. We're hearing why it's conditioned, how long it's been conditioned, and who it, it has been conditioned from, because that's important too. Mm-hmm. If it was a teacher for six months versus a parent for 70, 70 years, mm-hmm. there's a very big difference in the kind of influence that conditioning has on you oh that's lovely kelly and our job is to observe our job is just to hear the message and then listen afterward for the tool that they provide you and i'd like to add too that it's also as energy healers that it's also what we do in those rooms is to help them heal in it and you can't be the healer in the room if you're the if you're the judge and jury Mm mm-hmm And I try to say that in some of the sessions, although some clients don't seem to understand at all once they go past the consent of saying, I consent to the energy healing, they don't actually believe we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that we still sit and remember that intention the entire hour, not for the first minute in consent, and then forget it once we get into the channeling. Mm Mm-hmm. That's That was just a really big thing. And I love that she just sat in that. I'd like to get on to the next one because I really liked it too. There's a bunch of them here. Okay. The next one you is... You know it's our show, right? Like we can we can break this up over five shows? I guess. I think okay. I do forget from time to time that you are the producer. There's no rush. <laughs> and the editor. Okay. The second one is a story. It's again, it's a woman. and And I'm just staying truthful to the gender. But I really would like people to be able to listen to this and apply it if it's a dad or a husband that's doing this to you. So you could be listening to this and thinking, geez, she's talking about my mom. She's talking about my dad. Or she's talking about this friend. I see her doing it in her marriage, but she's doing it in the relationship with me now. We do the show so that you can place these people, whether it's yourself and you check in with a friend and say, 
I listened to this show. Is this me? Like, that's a good way to start a conversation. Okay, so the next one I really liked is this one. Um, this was a woman who valued winning and temper tantrums. Oi. Yeah, like her spirit guides. <laughs> yeah, she was married too. But her... Oi. Yeah. So her spirit guides came through because she came in and asked the question, I'd, I'd like to know what you get around my marriage. And I get asked that. You and I get asked that? Yeah. Frequently. A very non-specific question. That's right. They Both men and women, they men come in and ask this too. What do you get around my marriage? Just a whole general thing. They don't ask anything specific if it's healthy, unhealthy. It's not a counseling session. So they're just saying, what do you get? And the spirit world, instead of saying, well, this is what your husband does or doesn't do, came out and said to her, you have temper tantrums when you don't get your way. And you have them in, in, in various ways. You have the temper tantrum where you whine and complain. So she believed that whining in a soft way, where she thought it was sweet, where she thought it was just um, asking things in a, in a tone of voice. Equivalent to a five-year-old? Yes. Babe. Yes. Oh, Kelly, you did that really well was a, a, a way that she was going to get her way. He's not going to see it for what it is because I'm going to be so sweet and nice about it. He's just going to believe his wife is sweet and nice, not a manipulator. Such a gentle tantrum. Yes, but n one nonetheless. And I thought it was really, really cool the way the spirit guide said that she had that kind of a temper tantrum. And she just looked at me like, ooh, if she could have thrown daggers in me, she, I'd be dead. Then they went on to explain that she would escalate the temper tantrums. Some of the more silent ones. Well, if that one isn't going to get it for me, I'll give them the silent temper tantrum. Then she moved it into a more, I'll come back after that if I don't get my way. And now I'm going to ask again, really nicely. So again, the nice one with the whining again. Then if that doesn't do it, then she was going to pull out all the stops and start threatening. And then if that didn't work, it would escalate further to the yelling, to the screaming. And it was interesting because this is what the guide said to her, that she believed being married gave her the right to have tantrums and that being married to a man or a woman, but in her case, a man, meant that she was allowed to throw any behavior at him that she wanted because being married meant being loved. It did not mean that she had to collaborate at all. This is why I've never been a fan of marriage. The way that you said that it was an entitlement to be loved, I think that is yeah. her saying this is an entitlement that you're trapped. That's exactly what she believed. And without a ring or without the papers, you really are looking at someone who chooses to be there with you every day and doesn't feel a $4,000 threat of divorce papers. That's right. She really, truly believed this. And this was, this client was quite young. I think she was around 20, 22. And she really, truly believed that that's what marriage was for better, for worse, till death do us part. And for worse is what you're going to get on a daily basis. And it's going to get worse every day. Trust me, because you have nowhere to go. You know what? This is a quote that's been thrown around way too often. And it's completely unhealthy. And I don't even know if she really said it. Apparently, the quote is from Marilyn Monroe, and it says, if you can't handle me at my worst, you do, you sure as hell don't deserve me at my best. Oh. And I thought that is absolutely disgusting. Well, it's abuse. 
because you're saying you better handle me at my worst. I shouldn't be held accountable for being the worst. Yeah. And and the up and down that she believed was going to happen for her for her whole life was that when I don't when I get my way, I'll be happy. And when I don't get my way and I'm not happy, I know what to do. So I'm okay. These are my coping mechanisms. These are my tools. And the spirit world said to her, you believe that the tools in a toolkit for a successful relationship are different levels of temper tantrums. And those are the only tools in your toolkit. That's like literally JK. (laughs) Yes. That's JK of relationships. Totally. And they said to her too, that she didn't carry that out to quite the same degree at work, but that she did. And that she didn't carry it out quite the same degree in friendships with her girlfriends, but she did. She did in all aspects of her life. So there was nothing else outside of that experience or anybody tapping her on the shoulder saying, this is inappropriate behavior to correct it. She had two parents that can, that catered to that behavior. And she had a man currently, I'm going to say currently, in her life that was saying, I agree with your parents and I will abide by your family's rule book. Might not be anybody else's rule book on this planet, but it's yours and your family's. And to say I love you means I have to believe your rule book. Hmm. And the I just thought the way the guide said that she was not of the belief that collaboration was anywhere in her sphere of belief, that that's a component of a relationship. Please tell me number three gets better. Oh, I just, I really liked it though. So I, the theme being control versus love. Yes. And and you know what? I, I don't want to jump to the next one just yet because they are this one. The next one actually is a really good one in a different kind of way. <laughs> Not as in a doozy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because she sat in front of me and I said, so where would you like your session to go now? And she said, well, what the hell does that mean? And I said, well, I said, you asked about about the relationship. And I said, they're telling you so you could ask questions. She goes, well, like what? I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, you could ask for a toolkit. I said, you could simply ask the spirit guides to come in and to help you to understand why you got here or how to go forward and ask for specific tools to be able to move out of this now. And she went, well, don't I need to? And I thought, well, that was a good question. And I said, how else would you like to word your question if you could reword it now? And she goes, what? I said, how would you like to reword your question if you could? And she sat back in her chair for a good four or five minutes. And her response was, I really like the way that you speak to me. I really like the way that you aren't picking on me because I've done this. And then she started crying. She goes, I really like the way that you're just letting me feel my humiliation and my shame. And I said, yes. But I want you to know and I want you to feel safe in it because that's how you heal it. I want to point out too, and I love the way that you worded this, and I love the twist, is that you let her sit in her own shame and humiliation. You And this is very different because it, it's, um, it's not a verb. You did not shame or humiliate her. You let her sit in her own. And I think that is actually what people don't get. 
when we talk about judgment, when we think that we, no one's really capable of non-judgment. And you're saying she had the freedom and the safety and the time to sit in her own shame and humiliation to figure out what behaviors made her feel that. Because yeah. those two things escalate anger. Those two things escalate the need or the, the, the feel of her need to continue her temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations to her for taking that time then. I thought it was really big. And I think that's why I said the energy healing is still such a big part of each session that a lot of people forget we do. I don't ever forget it. I don't, I think partly because of how I see things in the body and how I see the geometric shapes and the colors flying around the room and the strings and the cords and all of the other stuff. I don't think I ever forget it because it's so visual for me. But I know that clients don't always understand it and they think it's this, it's just the channeling part and they don't, they don't, um, they don't always absorb the whole, the whole session. But I, I, I appreciate what you just said. Okay. This is another, this is a man that came in and he was dead. So (laughs) it's just the way it happens. And I enjoyed him very much because he came in to visit a wife who had remarried after he had passed away. And he talked about their marriage as the marriage that she had had where the two of them collaborated, where they saw partnership in all aspects of checking in with each other, of being able to be complete individuals in the relationship where she went out, she did her own thing. And I don't just mean her own thing, like she went to work and came home. She really understood who she was. She understood she liked drama. She liked the plays. She would go to those things. He didn't like that. But when she came home, he'd sit there at supper and say, what play did you see? Who did you like? Was Kristen in it again? Was your favorite actress? Blah, blah, blah. Like he engaged in it because it was what she loved. He didn't go to the play. But he could totally engage in asking her about it and listening for five or 10 minutes because he didn't want to be there for the two hour night. But he was happy to listen for five or 10 minutes for her to talk all about her interest in the theater. I loved their session because it really truly was about being able to be two individuals and then being able to be collaborative as a couple where they really truly saw collaboration as what made them strong as much as the individuality they gave both of those things equal value how come we have less to say (laughs) there's less to explain oh i just looked over at you and thought you're not jumping at the mic you're not but i just it just it makes sense yeah. And I don't know, maybe someone is sitting there going, well, I don't understand what, well, what, what is collaboration and what, what did they collaborate on? And, but I'm oh. hearing you say everything. And to me, that means yeah. that if it's about, you know, the, some people joke marriage is just asking each other the question, what do you want for dinner? Um, but it, it is, it's taking ownership about responsibility of when things get done and how they get done and yes. having that healthy balance of control over how your partner does something versus how they figure out to do it themselves. Well, and I I saw in this couple too, that the way that they collaborated over things, talked to each other, checked in with each other, communicated. Yeah. Everything about communication 
was what they valued the most. So that if there was a breakdown in communication, they could simply stand there and look at each other and go, oh shit, breakdown in communication. Um, my fault or your fault, it doesn't matter whose fault, how do we fix it? The collaborating again was, okay, this was a screw up. We both forgot to cook or we both forgot to pick up yeah. groceries. So how do we want to approach this to problem solve it? And well, I'm too busy tonight to cook. What about you? So am I. Or I'm not. I'm not busy at all. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And so collaborating then could be okay. So we take, do we take something out of the freezer and throw it in and eat late and have a snack now? Or do we order or do we eat raw fruits and vegetables? But the collaborating was solving each problem as it came along and seeing it as something to move forward in, not something to fight over, not something to blame each other over. It was always a problem solving. It doesn't matter who forgot dinner tonight. Let's sit down because we're both responsible people. We don't forget and make it a pattern. We sit down and say dinner was forgotten. How do we both want to move forward? I think healthy relationships above anything, have more questions involved. And both partners know that the question is asked with the intention to learn. Love it. It's not with the intention to accuse. Yeah. It's it's simply to understand, gather more information so that the collaborative action can be taken. Oh, yeah. That's fabulous. Like, I saw so much in them that you and I call emotional intelligence where you're talking about intention, communication, as you said, listening, checking in, all of these different tools that they wanted to pick up so that the relationship that they had for each other was solid each day. And I got to see how each of those two people were raising children in that and were also turning around to raise those kids to be problem solvers, much like their parents. So if dad and mom weren't home for the evening and supper wasn't made, Then did they just go in, take something out of the freezer and throw it in the oven? Turn it on. Text, mom, does it go in at 400? Yep, put it in. I really, really liked it because it it spreads, right? It's like like a, a good virus, so to speak, in that it, or goes viral, meaning that it spreads in a beautiful way. I really enjoyed that. Well, thank you for bringing those to the table today. You're welcome. Yeah, they they were great contrast examples. Yeah. I was trying to think of how to word that properly. Yeah. Um, so control versus love. And given the list that's now sitting in front of me that I'm seeing, uh, there will be a part two. Yes. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, or maybe you have your own examples and you're not sure which column it falls in, email us at info at com. Otherwise, we have our Sips of Sanity for November coming up on Monday morning and a brand new Coffee with the Sarlos coming out the following Saturday.